Doing it live. To our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. I'm Johnny Destructo. I'm the Bat Tribble. I don't know if they want to kiss you. You got you got some pepper in your teeth. Get it, get it, get it, son. I get it. I'm getting. I'm getting. Oh, it's right in. Oh, it's up in your gums. Like as soon as you talk, I see this little piece of pepper. It's an. It's actually an entire pepper. <laughs> uh, with us this week is. Lexi. Hi, Lexi. You work here at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. I do. You're such a good employee. Oh, um, So uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff that Lexi knows later. She's our expert. Oh, God. <laughs> no, our no. expert on hand in the shop. But first, we've got don't emails. Don't judge her too harshly. <laughs> Please don't. But it'll be interesting what she's an expert on. <laughs> <laughs> first, we have emails. Yeah. Um, we have an email that we received in response to our question from last week of the least favorite superhero movie. We got an email from Brandon Payton. What's up, fellas? What's up, Brandon? I didn't walk out on this movie, probably because I was only 15 at the time and money didn't grow on trees back then. But my least favorite comic book movie has to be Batman and Robin. And I feel like anyone who lists anything different is either too kind or hasn't seen it. But I see your question, and I raise you another. Oh! What was your most disappointing superhero movie? Oh, I got it. I got it. Meaning the superhero movie that you went into with super high expectations and then turned out to be a straight-up garbage. Maybe not the worst movie you've ever seen, but it had a super steep drop-off from what you expected it to be. For me, it has to be X-Men, The Last Stand, and it's not even close. The first X-Men film was good for being the first Marvel-based superhero movie outside of Blade, and I really love X2 for Wolverine's fight scenes alone. So when I heard that that The Last Stand was up in the ante with Phoenix, I was excited enough to see it open opening day, and, well, you know the rest. I didn't walk out for some reason. Maybe I was hopeful it would redeem itself, but I definitely remember driving home from the theater completely miserable. In fact, I don't even remember who I saw it with because I've completely blocked that movie from my subconscious. But anyway, what you guys got? Brandon Payton, or since you guys didn't seem to be having a Christopher Goodnight type fun saying my name last time, I'll also sign off as Action Blackson, the encyclopedia of ass-kicking cinema. Wow, Action Blackson? Action Blackson! He's an Negro, likes movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, before he even finished the first sentence of asking what I was most disappointed by, queued up. I'm ready to go. <sighs> Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 3. I was going to say the same thing. Really? Uh, uh, Sam Raimi 1. <laughs> the movie Sam Raimi won uh, was good and I was very happy to see Spidey up on screen swinging around flipping doing his thing stoked loved it I, I made excuses for it back then I was like it's, 
it's fine that he looks like a Power Ranger, the Green Goblin. He says, it's fine, it's okay. Uh, and then two happened. And I made excuses for that movie. Much less excuses, many less excuses. It was more about Alfred Molina's and some of the dialogue I mm-hmm. thought was kind of shit. But as we, I think we talked about uh, an episode or two back, our favorite scenes, our favorite yeah. action scenes, it's got that Doc Ock train yeah. fight, right? Which is, but oh, and it also, some other things I had to forgive. Like, oh, Aunt May gets thrown up onto a building and she's clinging onto the side of a building using the handle of her umbrella while Doc is fighting. It's, well, anyway. So, but there's so much good about it that at the time was my favorite Superman movie of all time, or Spider-Man movie of all time. Superhero movie of all time. And then the trailer hit for Spider-Man 3, and holy shit, it was everything I wanted in a Spider-Man movie trailer. Uh, It had Venom, it had the symbiote, he's ripping it off, and it looks so badass, and like the symbiote's trying to cling to him. And it's got Sandman, it's got fight scenes. Mm -hmm. I was so excited for that movie, and I went... And just throughout the film, my face just went from like a stupid grin into just ugly crying. Wow. It was so bad. I remember looking around in astonishment during the Peter Parker dancing sequence. Oh my God, no. Yeah. And looking around at people next to me like this. You guys see this, right? I'm not the only one. You're cringing too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, you get all, you're uncomfortable and sweaty. You get all clammy. Oh, that's that was my experience for Spider-Man Three. Somehow have secondhand embarrassment for a movie. Yeah, yeah. for a character in a movie. What about you, Lexi? You said you were going to select Spider-Man Three too. I was going to say that mostly because the whole entire time I'm super excited. Love Spider-Man. Always loved Spider-Man since I was like a little a little kid because he's one of the first you know superheroes you ever learn about. And then during that movie, because I watched the first, I watched the second. They were. They were decent. They were good. I was, I was young, too, so, like, everything was amazing. It was fantastic, and it was so hard. It's really hard to disappoint little kids with superhero movies sometimes because you could mess up completely and, yeah. like, change the timeline completely, and they'll be like, Superman! Hey. Yeah, it's so, a spectacle of it. Yeah. It's amazing, but to, like, go through that, and I had the same part where I just wanted to cringe or, like, throw up and be like, what is happening? Like, he was trying to be so, like, dark and cool, and I was, like, even little, like, teenager me that loved, like, you know, the bad boys and all that stuff was like, don't do that. <laughs> just stop. Stop. Yeah. Stop it. No. No. And it was just gross. But, like, if I were to pick something other than Spider-Man 3, I would probably say the new Suicide Squad movie. Oh. Okay, that's good. You were really looking forward to that? I was looking forward to it because, like, you know, they had so many opportunities to do it with Suicide Squad, and since I've, like, read, like, the old Suicide Squad before and everything, and, like, a little bit of the newer stuff, like, I was, like, hoping they would actually pull out something since, like, it was characters that people didn't really, like, you know, like, non-comic book people, like, didn't really know about them. Yeah. It's not the usual Batman, it's not the usual Superman, mm-hmm. it's not any of that. It was, like, for instance, Harley Quinn and Deathstroke and, like, all of them, like, or, yeah, and then, like... Um, Deadshot. Deadshot. There we go. Will Smith I was Deadshot. like, why did I mess that up? Because they were the same character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, all of these new characters that they could have given so much story to, and mm-hmm. then they were like, let's still throw in the Joker and, you know, make him really relevant in this story, and then let's just mainly focus on Will Smith. Love him to bits. I really do. I love Will Smith, and I think he's an amazing actor, but they really were just like, screw everyone else and, like, making this story good, 
we have Will Smith and just focus on him. And it just, did you feel like the focus was on Will Smith? That's how I felt like they like made him such the leader. Huh. And there was just like it was just him and then Harley Quinn and like see, that I mean, was the movie. Uh, see, I mean there definitely was, you know, prominent some prominence given to Will and to Harley Quinn because those were their like big name stars yeah. in in the film. But I didn't feel like it overpowered everyone else. And ultimately, even though he was given little, I felt the person that most people came away from that movie being emotionally attached to was the guy that burst into flames. I Diablo? Diablo. Diablo. Yeah, people kind of like felt drawn to his story a little Well, like, bit. that's the thing. Like, I wish they would have went more into their stories. They kind of yeah. like, like, I understand, like, you don't want to give too much of everyone's because then the movie's right. going to be forever long. But it just seemed like they were like, oh, hey, look. He, you know, here's a little bit of his past, and I felt like it could have been so much, like, sadder, so much more drawn mm-hmm. to him, because I like Diablo as a character. I think it's, like, how, like, they were betraying him, and the movie was good. Like, he was really, like, you know, it made you feel sad. It made you feel something, because he wanted, he didn't want to be Diablo, and he didn't want to have this power anymore. He wanted to stop it because of what happened to him in the past. But then, like, I felt like they could have used that more instead of just throwing it in at the end when they were, like... We need something to, you know, destroy the Enchantress, basically. Like, throw him in there now. And it was like, where was more of that build-up? Where's, you know... There's so much wrong with that movie, it's hard to even start. (laughs) I just had... I just had high hopes in the very, very beginning when they started, like, announcing stuff. Like, they're going to do something really, really cool, and... See, <laughs> I was wondering when you had to pick something other than Spider-Man 3, because the, my, the other first, my second, I guess, my other first, my second <laughs> choice was immediately Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my god. Ugh. Which mm-hmm. I went into really hoping would be good, and just being decimated. See, but I don't see, I mean, definitely that's a disappointment, but I don't see that myself as like a superhero, or even a comic book movie. Even though I guess it wasn't, I don't even know, it wasn't was a book ad- before this series. I no, the series. it was an animation, and then they made comics. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, my disappointment, my most disappointment, and I'm not going to bore everybody with the story anymore, was the first Batman from 1989. You son of a bitch. I just, I just, I was not, it let me down. And I was, and there was not a movie in the world that I was more anticipating than that movie. And it just really let me down. And honestly, the biggest thing that let me down was it's just that the the sound mix is like so off in there. And Tim Burton even has always acknowledged it. When you, huh. If you look back at those scenes, especially where the print songs are playing, the, the print songs are low in the mix and they're supposed to be on top. And Tim Burton acknowledges it. And it takes away from all of the energy of all of those scenes. Now, isn't that something that you could go back and just remix? Yeah, but he's not George Lucas. He's not going to go in and, you know, it happened. It happened. It was an experience. And, you know, you keep it moving. You know, you learn. You you learn the next time. Um, My other disappointing movie, since I don't want to bore you with that story (laughs) that I just bored you with. I bore you with this other story. And I I want to say it's a little bit boring. But the one that disappointed me was The Dark Knight Rises. Ah, I was looking forward to The Dark Knight Rises. Mm, yes. I really was. Um, and in the in the first time you see Batman in that movie, and I realized that that Batman, they didn't really do anything different with his with his costume. He was basically still the same Batman from the 
The Dark Knight, I was like, wow, they didn't do, they didn't really do nothing. Yeah. And like, and he's like, like, like dead, like in the lights. Like he might mm-hmm. as well be like in a photo shoot. Yeah. Like he is so lit. And I was like, this is, this is not even, this don't even, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie, and then the movie just like, it's just so long. And then you hear. Bane talking, you're like, where's that voice coming from? Because that ain't coming from the fucking movie. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. That movie just really, really let me down. That being said, because I don't want to pick Batman, and I don't want to pick Dark Knight Rises, the comic book movie that really let me down, that I was <laughs> really looking forward to, probably as, almost as much as the first Batman, because I, I wanted Dark Knight Rises, but actually was good with Batman Begins and Dark Knight, was... The Killing Joke. Oh, because what like they did, year. what they did with Batgirl in the beginning, it just felt eight shades of wrong, and I just, it just, and and as faithful as that adaptation, that middle part is of the book, the book ends of Batgirl, and it just just ruined, ruined the it. whole mm-hmm. experience for me. Yeah, I understand why they did that. I but do, it wasn't, but it wasn't great. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think of that. Like, I don't even think of the Killing Joke animated feature. You know, I mean, it's nothing, something that occurs to me. And yeah. when I think of animation that I want to watch, it's always like, you know, Young Justice or something. Yeah. Uh, which they just released the name for, for Young Justice Season 3. The Young Justice Outsiders. But is, yeah. But is that Season 3? I thought that was some kind of online thing that mm-hmm. they were doing. No, it's, for, it's the name for Season 3. So it is this, the name for Season 3. Mm-hmm. Which I'm stoked for. I'm excited. But they still haven't given a date. No. Not that I'm aware of. It'll take forever. Yeah. I am mad. Take your time. Yeah. I know. Make it good. I'm excited. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Action Blackson. <laughs> Negro likes boobies. Boobies? Movies. Oh, they make, yeah. All right. So we also, Christopher Goodnight. Uh, hey, fellas. Couldn't you see yourself dating somebody named Christopher Goodnight, Lexi? I think it would be an amazing last name just to have. To- Lexi Goodnight? Lexi Goodnight. Oh, yeah. would be live. It yeah. sounds like I feel like I should be famous. Hmm? <laughs> Lexi Goodnight. You should be. Should be up on a stage. Hey, fellas. <laughs> come to the stage. Lexi, Lexi Goodnight. Come to the stage. <laughs> stage number one. Johnny <laughs> think... Structure coming up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shake my ass. How do you read your comics? Do you read the one you are least excited about first and work your way towards most excited about? Or vice versa, or maybe alphabetical, or maybe by publisher. Second question, how do you bring yourself to quit a series you've been investing in? What do you do with minis or ongoings that just that you just aren't enjoying? Or even first issues that you've tried and just don't like? Saint Saucy. What about you, Lexi? All right. How so, do you read it? How do you feel? I mostly just... I'm trying to think because it's really hard because it really I just pick up whatever and then mm-hmm. I'll just read whatever was on my pile first. Mm-hmm. Like if I buy a bunch of comics, whatever I pull out of the bag first is what I'll read. Unless if I had just read, if I had like a number one and a number two in the pile, obviously I'll read them together and mm-hmm. I won't be like, hey, look, I'll read this and then let's go to this new series and then hey, let's go back. Yeah. But um, just I don't really have a set way to read. Just YOLO. <laughs> I, oh, I dive right into dessert, man. I go right for the book that I'm most excited for. Last week it was The Button. This week it's Scarlet, Ben Riley, The Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the ones I go for 
first are the ones I'm most excited about, and then I work my way down the list. I know a lot of folks will start at the ones they're least excited about, and then, you know, they'll build towards the, the you know, best for last. But uh, also, you know, I do the – on spoiler alert, we do have a bunch of books that we review every week, and sometimes I will – work my way towards the one I'm most excited about because I'm generally reading about seven books in a shot, right? Right. And I know by the end I'm going to be getting super sleepy. Mm-hmm. So I'll want the most exciting one because I'll, it'll keep me awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I see, I don't buy the, I only buy trades. Yeah. So it's a little different. So I will, um, some trades I'm looking forward to reading, mm-hmm. but they're strictly for the library. So that's my downstairs bathroom. So, oh, I see. <laughs> so they'll be read, you know, in increments of ten minutes at a time. Now wait a minute. I'm sorry. So they're they're for the library, your bathroom. Yes. Are those reprints of old classic stories, a la maybe reprints of you know, let's say George Perez's Marvel no, Teen Titans? No, there'll be new books. There'll okay. New, okay. Like, like I just bought this um, the the entire collection. Of this online comic strip, um, uh, the comic strip is you don't know Flick, um, and it's about it's interesting because it's a it's a uh, comic strip about life in a comic book shop with this guy who works at a comic book shop in a strip mall, um, and one of his and his best friend is a werewolf. And it's just a comic strip about it. And it's, it's a silly little comic strip. I, I, I enjoy it. So I put all four of the books down in the library. So mm-hmm. then I'm reading them. Now, on my by my bed, that I will fall asleep to. Like, usually I'll read them, like, about twice a, twice a week. Because usually I'm getting up in bed, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to sleep. Um, I have the books that I really want to read. And those are, believe it or not, those are the ones that I will read, like, at night. Like, I just bought um, The Trade for Bounty. That's up there. Uh, that's pretty cool. And I bought um, this silly-looking independent book, um, Brit, which is about these, uh, uh, oh, God, like these vampire hunters back in the 1800s, but it's strictly for comedy. And it looked kind of funny, so I, I'll put it there. So, I, I'll, so that's in that pile. And then right under that is Injustice, um, the second volume. Because mm-hmm. I just reread the first volume, so I want to read the second volume, and hoping that by the time I get down to that, the third volume will <laughs> be coming out. But it probably won't because I only buy it in trade. So I'll probably buy like Saga number seven or something like that. But uh, I I generally find myself like the ones that I really 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 want to read. They either are by my bed or they're waiting for like when I know I'm going to have like a nice road trip. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, and I'll pack them away, and then this will be my reading material because I'm not a book reader like that. So, mm-hmm. my comic books are my books. Right on. So, and then, second question How do you bring yourself to quit a series? That, mm, well, okay, you don't read monthlies, but I mean. I don't read monthlies, but I do look at them. Yeah. And if something looks like it is interesting, then I will gener- generally like check in, like maybe mm-hmm. a month or two later, one, looking for one. To see, not so much if it's the same artist, because very rarely is it, but is the art still consistently good? Mm-hmm. Does the story look like it still is saying something so that when the trade comes out, 
okay, I'm likely to buy this when it comes yeah. out in free. Mm. Um, my process is I am so far behind on so many books that I genuinely love. Rachel Rising, Saga. Rachel Rising, is that done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished it yet, son. Um, so many things that I, I want to read. I haven't gotten to. I'm halfway through. There's a stack by my bed that it's not difficult to quit a book for me. It's difficult to yeah. keep up with books I love. Yeah. The, it's the opposite problem. Um, so if a book does not make it, I do not have any problems stopping it. What about you, Lex? Um, when it comes to, like, stuff that I'm reading, and, like, if it starts to get boring, I'll usually simply just cut it off, like, right then and there. Like, mm-hmm. if something... Like, mid-issue? Mid-issue. You're like, fuck <laughs> this, I'm out. I'm Boom. done. Yeah. Put yeah. it away. Just sets it on fire. Yep. And then I will wait for quite a few to come out, a trade mm-hmm. or something to come out, and then... If I still think like, oh, maybe it's gotten better, maybe it was just like this bad arc going on, maybe something like that, then I can pick it back up in that, and that way I'm not, you know, waiting forever to be like, oh, this issue sucked. Oh, this one sucked. Um, I'm so bored right now. Like, why would I waste my time when there are so many other books that I want to read? There's so many other things I want to catch up on. Like, I'd rather just stop, like, push that aside, just be like... Mm -hmm. I don't want that anymore. I'll deal with it later and come back. And then sometimes that really, really works out where a story gets amazing again. And then I'm like, why did I stop? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it also depends on like being in a certain mood will really deter like how you oh, feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there could be times where I'm like, oh, I love this comic. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, this sucks. I hate this so much. And then I repick it up and I'm like, why did I think this sucked? I mean, this is awesome. This was yeah. amazing. And yeah. Like, I know I have to be in the mood, because I'm... The two comics that I probably still regularly collect and trade are Invincible and Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm probably at least a good five trades behind on each of them. Mm-hmm. But, and there's a part of me that's like, all right, so I need to catch up on them. But I also know that I've got to be in the mood for both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, because, mm-hmm. like, Walking Dead can be very intense. And Invincible sometimes will just mess with your brain like I don't, I don't i don't know if i need this brain part right now you know <laughs> so um but it so that's what's keeping me from buying them like, mm-hmm. so now i just keep backing up but i have a third question has a book ever ended but you were disappointed with its ending like because i know everybody like hails the ending of why the last man which I think mm-hmm. was one of the best. That was a great ending. I love that one. I loved the ending of Preacher, but one that I didn't like the ending of. Uh, do you have one that you can start off with so I can think? I, 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 I have one. Unfortunately, I can't 100% remember the ending, and I think that's indicative of why it felt disappointing to me, and that was Fables. I was the devotee of Fables for, for years, and I still love the book, but I felt like that last issue was... It felt, it felt Lord of the Ringish, mm. like wrapping up so many things and tying them in such nice bows that it was like, uh, okay, well, it's over. Save that money. Okay. I was going to say, I, I can't think of one off the top. I feel like I've had that before where like I've read a book and then like the ending came and I was just like. I do that thing with, like, games, too, mm-hmm. or, like, stuff like that, or, like, anime, anything, whatever, and, like, if I just start not liking where it's going, like, towards the end, and I know it's ending in a few pages or whatever, I'll just stop it and pretend it never ended. 
Yeah. I'll just be like, no, it's still ongoing. I just, I haven't gotten to it yet. Like, I'll do that with, like, anime. Like, the last two episodes are out. Even if, like, I do like the series and I just don't want to. And I'm like, I, it's, it's not over yet. I didn't watch the ending, so it's not over yet. I still have time. <laughs> so I do stuff like that, so I can't. I can't think of one. You know? the, one, the one that I'm thinking of right now is I was a big fan of Hellblazer. It's a 300-issue run, came out from DC, uh, Vertigo Comics. And if you don't know, it's John Constantine's book. Um, and that, that book was fantastic. And the end to that was a little disappointing. I think he, spoiler alert, he dies. And But then there's an epilogue of him hanging out in a pub in London, I don't I quite understand. I guess it's supposed to be the character will live on, even though all the all the um, writers are done with him for now. Um, and then they rebooted it for the New 52, and that sucked, and blah, blah, blah. So that's one of those ones that I want to go back and reread, because I might have been in a bad mood that day, and maybe I just sure. wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. So um, that's one of the ones that comes to mind. The problem, though, is talking about series with endings I didn't like is that, let's say it's an event, Siege, Secret Invasion, okay. House right. of M, something like that. If there's something that I'm enjoying at the time and then the ending sucks, it kind of ruins it for me. So now I just have a negative view of that event. event. Yeah. So I feel like Secret Invasion was a really disappointing one for such a good idea. And it just spent like four issues in the Savage Land. I don't even remember the end of that book. Mm. Um, so that just casts a negative light on the whole memory of my whole experience. Even though I was probably enjoying it as it was coming out. Now, in retrospect, I don't care. So... Yeah. I was disappointed by the ending of 100 Bullets. Dude, I've tried twice. Each time I make it to issue 50. (laughs) There's 100 issues of that book. I get halfway. And then I'm like, I don't care. It starts starts getting very convoluted. But Mm -hmm. by then I was like, I was in. So I was like, I I gotta go for the ride. uh, But conversely, uh, Scout. I love Scout. Scout! Scout was good. Yeah. And they're making it a TV show. I know. I'm excited. I just got uh, one of my friends into it, so he's just starting it. And he's like, I don't know yet. And I'm like, yeah, you, you will. It's fine. You're You'll gonna, know. Yeah, keep going. You'll know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you so much, Christopher Goodnight and... Brandon Payton. For writing. And you can email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Or at blacktribbles at gmail.com. week, the past couple of months, I should say, um, I have been delving more and more into Twitter Hmm. because it's not something that I usually indulge in. Usually I'm a Facebook and and an Instagram guy. I love Instagram because there's a lot of creators that I can watch their process. I love process videos, inking videos and sketches, them doing live sketches. I was a big fan of Periscope and people were using that. Like Ryan Stegman, the artist for... Spider-Man, what was he doing most recently? Oh, Uncanny Avengers. Mm-hmm. He would uh, put on Periscope and you could watch him live drawing commissions and stuff. Uh, so I love social media in that there is an availability and a transparency to the comic book industry that I did not have growing up. And I think it's really, really cool. So, you know, except for maybe Wizard. When I was a kid, there was Wizard Magazine, and they would sort of dish on a little bit of the gossip and the happenings behind the scenes, but overall, it was more a championing... Well, 
at the beginning of Wizard, it was really snarky. Yeah. And it would tear <laughs> books down. If it didn't like your book, you were... Ugh. Uh, and then at some point, I guess they stopped doing that, and they only were top ten things about comics every issue. Right. So I've been delving into Twitter... And for anybody who's in the know currently, the Hydra Cap has been a hot-button issue for Nick Spencer, for Marvel Comics, Dan Slott, all those guys. Dan Slott has nothing to do with it, but he's a champion for Marvel Comics, and he's been talking to fans on Twitter about, hey, I used to get a lot of flack and death threats about Superior Spider-Man on Twitter. Maybe just wait for the story to be over, the Hydra Cap story to be over. And there's so many people just attacking comic creators. If they don't like it, you get death threats, and you should, you know, quit your career and kill yourself, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's one shitty thing, right? The fans are shitty. But then, I starting Those to say... Fans are the fan, Yo, fans, you are shitty. Number one, <laughs> fans are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, the end. I'm done. Um, so, but now, I'm also seeing other creators for Marvel going at Nick Spencer sideways and tweeting at him uh, fights and snarky uh, comments and all this sort of stuff. And it's fine. That's your right to do so. If, if you're a creator, that is your voice, right? Your Twitter is your way to, to make your voice heard. But I'm watching through my timeline. There's Dan Slott is defending Nick Spencer against uh, fans and then... Bleeding Cool is writing articles, and then Dan Slott jumps to the defense of that, you know, he fights them about Nick Spencer, and then Nick Spencer's arguing with his fans, and then Robbie Robbie Rodriguez, is that his name, the guy who does uh, Spider-Gwen, he's calling out Nick Spencer on Twitter and telling him to stop throwing his friend under the bus, and and I'm watching all this backbiting, as someone said on on Facebook, that's a good term for it, there's a lot of backbiting going on. And it's just a lot of these little barbs and, and j- jabs. And it makes me a little sad. It's, again, I'm not, you, you're, you're welcome to it. But as a fan and as someone who loves the industry and loves what is being produced, it makes me sad to watch all of these professionals act so unprofessionally. Yeah. You know? You're seeing how the sausage is made a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. And that can be disappointing. And in Sausage, there's a lot of pig assholes. Mm. So I'm looking at a lot of pig assholes on my Twitter right now, uh, stinking up my feed. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a bummer. I don't know. Do you guys have any experience with this? Are you guys, is there anything? I'm not a big follower of, um, I follow some artists and some creatives online, but I'm not a big Twitter person. I just, just, I honestly just don't have the time. To be flipping through the the thing. Every once in a while, I'll sit and get lost on Instagram, but that's few and far between. Um, but I, I catch wind of the stuff because people are like, you know, tagging the black children. Did y'all hear this? I'm like, what are we here? Like, oh, yeah. No, okay. um, and I just, I look at it as it's the same type of thing that used to happen back in the day in the comic in the letter pages. Mm-hmm. You would have letter pages going back and forth between like five, six issues of people just going back and forth at each other about something that happened ten issues ago. Mm-hmm. You know? But now they can be more real time with it. Um, unfortunately, we all know what the, uh, being on, being anonymous on social media for to a point gives everybody, you know, they got, you know, 
King Kong testicles, mm-hmm. and they just want to take them out and swing them all over the place mm-hmm. um, until somebody kicks them in the ding ding. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, you get more of that than you would if people had to put pen to paper, because then we, we put pen to paper, then you had the option of whether or not their letter would see print. Mm-hmm. Now they will see you mm-hmm. see print, even if you, even if you're the creative and you don't see what they've written you, someone will reference it. So you, you'll find it. So unfortunately that is out there and it's really up to the creator and, and also you as the follower, how much you want to be engaged in it. You know, there's so many times that I've started writing. I've started typing because, um, I feel a certain way about what certain people are saying. And then I just take a second and I delete. And I go, is this going to get me anywhere? Is this going to bring me anything, bring anything to my life other than more frustration? Right. Then I delete it. And most of the time, that's what the people want. They just want attention. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're like a screaming baby. You know, if you holler at the screaming baby, you're still giving the baby what he wants. Mm-hmm. Attention. You know, even this artist guy who you would think has better things to do, um, he just wants attention. He's trying to push Spider-Man. Spider-Man maybe ain't selling as bad as Spider-Man. I don't freaking know. Uh, or he's just or he's just a lonely puppy named, <laughs> named Robert Rodriguez. Doesn't even have a real uh, original name. <laughs> I'd feel bad if I was into it. Oh, my God. You know? That's so. amazing. That's but all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, it's just a bummer. It's just something I notice. There's so many things. My whole viewpoint, I'm a person filled with rage a lot of the times. I'm filled with rage and sadness, right? But so is everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one. And I feel like so many of these people feel like they're the only ones who are filled with this rage and sadness and they got to get it out. But really, my whole thing is, even on Spoiler Alert, where we review books, if there is a book that we all fucking hated, I go, let's not review it. What's the point? Yeah, what right? are you doing? There's not an interesting conversation to be had there, except for us all going, well, this sucked. You know what I mean? So, and, and then there's people who created that thing. They put their time and effort, and whether or not we think it's worthwhile, they think it's worthwhile because they fucking did it. You know what I mean? So the things I try to put out into the world are positivity. Instead of complaining about things I don't like, um, I'm going to support the things I do like. And I'm going to shout to the heavens, hey, you should check out this book because it's dope. You know what I mean? I'm not going to tell people not to buy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can't tell people not to buy something that they love, right? But you can tell them to buy something that they haven't tried. Right. And that's what's going to grow the industry. Mm-hmm. Getting people to stop buying things that they already love is never going to happen. But if you want to grow the industry, you're going you're gonna to show your love and people are going to see that love and be like, oh, shit, I want a piece of that. Let me check that out. Mm-hmm. I'll check out that book. And that's what grows all, everything, you know? Right. So every time I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm ready and I'm sweating and I'm just I'm the angry guy on the internet, I try very hard to take a second. It doesn't always work. To delete it. Yeah, it, it calm kind of, down, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Every time I'm about to rand out, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I decide not to. So, I don't know. It's just, it's sad to, to watch these professionals do this. And see, my thing is, when I have said something about stuff, I try to make it worthwhile. Like, right. I'm not going to sit here and bitch about the art in a comic book. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bitch about the storyline about Cat being a Hydra. 
who gives a fuck? He will be back on America's side within time. So just calm your nuts. You know what I mean? I'm going to bitch about the real shit that's going on out here. Misogyny in, the, in this whole community, you know? Um, the um, Any type of true issues of race. Not because you're mad because the Iron Man's a, a black chick now. Well, that's just your cross to bear, you know? But if if a brother or a sister can't get a fair shake, you know, at writing the book, why does the why does the why does the the black comic creator or the woman comic creator have to only do the woman book or the black comic book? Why can't they draw draw um, or write the Iron Man or the Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's just like when Dwayne McDuffie, you know, God rest his soul, one of the most heralded and most respected writers here. DC fucked with him all on his run of Justice League. Primarily because he wanted to inject some of the uh, Milestone characters in there and they didn't want to have to kick out that dough for the Milestone mm-hmm. characters. Oh, I see, I see. So that, that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. But it was like, yo, y'all own the fucking characters anyway. Just pop out the fucking money and stop your bitching. <laughs> this is a man that y'all your yeah. respect that was already riding shotgun over your your TV show that was a hit yeah. at the time. So it, that doesn't buy him some leeway. It certainly bought enough rope for Darwin Cook and all he did was did was a storyboard artist on Batman. So like this man was a producer of it and writer of the show and he can't get a little leeway? What the fuck? That's why DC's always forever have had problems when it comes down to their racial relations. That's the shit I would talk about. Mm-hmm. Not about whether or not Iron Man's got tits or not. <laughs> valid, valid. Yeah. It's it's sort of like Take yourself one step above what the argument is yeah. and argue about things that create these things. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Lexi, any? I was oh. just going to, you guys basically covered everything. Okay. Kind of thing, <laughs> that whole big thing like going on. Because it's, people just, I understand people like to vent. People like to rant. People like to be heard. That's cool. And it feels good. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's cool. You do your thing. Yeah. You, but don't, bash it for other people who would like something like it. Like, just get over yourself. You have your opinion. They can have theirs. Just calm the fuck down. And there are people, let's, you know, just just because Hydrocap is the thing right now, just to to keep harping on that a little bit, I see people write thoughtful 140 characters, thoughtful (laughs) little tidbits, right, about what they feel about the book. And you are welcome to that, Mm -hmm. and I understand it, and I empathize with it. You know, we reviewed Secret Empire Zero on on this week's uh, spoiler alert, and I get it. I get why people are mad, and I understand why they would be mad. I'm not one of them, um, but if you're going to make that, c- c- you know, criticism, great. But then there's the people who are like, Nick Spencer, kill yourself. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you bringing to the table here? Do yeah. you think someone's literally going to read that and be like? Oh, wow, that guy's got a really good point. I should wow. go kill myself. Okay. Mm, what a sick burn. Awesome. Like, I, it's it's frustrating to me. Like, oh, it's just... I, I, a lot of people come into the shop uh, whack, uh, when I worked at another shop. I had a different kind of crew back then uh, of customers. And they would just come up, ah, that's stupid. Oh, really? Oh, you didn't like the book? Nah, it's stupid. Is it? What, what's, what's, what, I don't know what you mean. I liked it. What do you mean? Nah, it's just stupid. Did, did you read it? You don't have an opinion. No. Shut up. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the the I the thing that I should do is just stop following the negative people on Twitter who have nothing positive to say other than backbiting. Right. Yeah. Like if I don't like that Robbie Rodriguez took something out of context and then barbed Nick Spencer, well then maybe I should just not follow him. You know, that's my that's my right. That's probably what his response would be if he were to hear this. He'd be like, right. "You don't got to follow me, dude." That's fine. I got my own opinions. You got you. Stop following me. And that's that's you know what I would say if someone had a problem with me. So, um, what these people should ultimately do when they find this this intense frustration and anger building up in regards to their comics, they should go and seek comics that are made for those type mm-hmm. of feelings. And that's pornographic comics. <laughs> Yo! So, Lexi. Oh, God. I have ordered in a book. Why is Lexi on the show? So? I wonder. (laughs) So, I had ordered in from Previews, Diamond Comics, a book called Small Favors, which is this beautiful (laughs) hardcover blue with a gold inlay by Colleen Coover, the definitive girly porno collection. And on the front is these, these two women... They're looking at each other, and there's these speed lines, and they're smiling, and they're so happy to see each other, and it's just wowie zowie, good time, fun kind of image. And it's very cartoony because it's reminiscent of. Um, My first thought is something along the lines of Archie. That's what I thought too. It looks very Archie that's to like me. Archie cartoon, especially style. the lower lip. That's a Jughead lip right there. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 So anyway, this is a book that I ordered, and I thought there's this cute little queer kind of. Romance book, well, not, it, not having seen the the subtitle, which is the definitive girly porno collection. <laughs> um, the small favors, the critically acclaimed girly porno comic by Eisner award winning cartoonist Colleen Coover, is back in the hardcover edition. Join the fun and meet Annie and her tiny taskmaster Nibble in fun erotic adventures, sure to make you blush. Yo, that's no joke. <laughs> make you blush. Yeah. Um, so we got to talking about. Porn comics, mm-hmm. which I actually, as a comic creator, quote unquote, uh, I have actually been in a porn comic. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, True Porn Two. It's the second volume, and it was a bunch of small indie comic creators mm-hmm. doing autobiographical comic books about one of their sexual experiences. And so I did one about me and my first uh, first girl I ever slept with. So I, I have some experience, experience in. Uh, making porn comics, as well as back when I worked... skin in the game. I got... Ooh! <laughs> um, so, uh, and also, when I worked at a comic shop as a teenager down in Northeast Philly, the behind the counter were just stacks and stacks of porno comics. Bagged and boarded, people had to come up and ask you for the book. We had titles like Bondage Fairies, mm. <laughs> which are about these tiny little woman-shaped fairies... That just had lots of sex, graphic, graphic sex with bugs and tiny creatures. Um, so, yeah, we thought it would be fun to have a conversation about hentai. 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 Uh, because Lexi 
has a lot of experience growing up in the manga and anime realms, uh, far more than me. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun to talk about that. What is hentai? Hentai is basically the pornographic comic versions, or well, and also animated mm-hmm. versions, fantasy porn, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always been a big thing in Japan. Lots of perverts, you know, that mm-hmm. whole big deal. And what else do you want to yeah. Well, see, my, my thing about hentai, hentai, and we'll get back into the comic book comic book porn, really, but with hentai, I hear a lot of anime fans who love anime, and then they also, you know, will admit to enjoying porn, mm-hmm. yet they don't like hentai, and like, and they they are like staunch in their hatred of it like they don't want anybody to even begin to like like if you start to think like i bet you like no i don't don't you dare i think that might be because a lot of people do immediately assume like oh hey you like anime oh you must be meaning hentai because a lot of people who don't know about anime who don't know just like the other series other genres besides hentai they just immediately think, oh, you like tentacle porn. Oh, you like okay, all yeah, that yeah, weird, yeah. like, the weirder stuff. And a lot of anime fans are like, no, that's not just what anime is. And I feel like that might be why, like, a lot of people are like, no. Okay. No, I can't, okay. like, don't even think about, you know, putting me in that category because that's not what it's about. Like, a lot of people have, like, in my time, like, going to conventions all the time and, like, when people ask, they're, they're always asking, like, oh, are you into that? And it's like... No, not all of it's about octopuses and tentacles going up <laughs> all different sorts of parts and bodies, and it's not all about that. And I think that's a big thing. But hentai is a really big part of like Japanese animation and whatnot. Because so, they're obviously it must be successful because they are mm-hmm. making tons of it, mm-hmm. just like they do for years. With, with, <laughs> and for years, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So there's somebody out there. That is enjoying it. And now JD had mentioned that he thought one of the reasons why it is so popular is because, or, or not, not popular, um, why it may be, you know, a little repulsive for some people. It's because it does play, not only does it play off of, you know, a lot of the tropes that you like in anime, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, the sorcerer or the warrior. That whole big fantasy Dungeons and Dragons type thing. Exactly. Um, but it also plays off on a lot of the taboos mm-hmm. which people, because there's a whole lot of incest. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things. And I think because they can get away with that more, like, you have normal porn and they will, like, there's stories behind live action porn and stuff. They'll be like, oh, you know, stepmom or sister or brother. Like, right. they... They can, but that's that's not okay. But with animation stuff, you can get away with a lot more. And people are into all sorts of different things and hardcore, softcore, using toys, like using inanimate objects, using real living things. Like there are people that like all sorts of things. And I believe with animation, people are allowed to get away with that more than what you can do mm-hmm. in like a real life porn or something like there's so much more you can do and not have something like incest in real porn because you're 
not going to find a brother and a sister yeah. very often that yeah. would want to do something like that. Well, what's the deal with that you can't show insertion? Or, like, it'll be blurred out or something like that? They do that a lot. Um, I've heard. They, yeah, they do that <laughs> a lot to try to... I don't know. There's, there's a specific term for it, and I don't exactly know what it is, but they do it to... Like, so it's not a legal reason. Right it's now. not really like they do it because it's more of a consideration. Okay. I guess in a way, and like, but they do have, like, uh, they have uh, festivals for male genitalia and female genitalia. Like they'll have giant balloons and parties I'm of serious. penises and vaginas <laughs> to celebrate. Life and like what everything's about because it's the reproductive systems and everything. Yeah. It's not just like oh that is like how Americans and everything see like oh you're a small child yeah. you shouldn't know what if you're a little boy you shouldn't know what like a female looks like mm-hmm. like don't look at anything and like very conservative while like they really want to not I'm not saying like everyone but they're more open about like being yeah. like this is how life is started and it's no of course they also have like the whole like stories about like oh like the stock and all that other like cute stuff but I feel like they're more open to being like this is how life starts I also see it, it seems like there's a lot of about making women be submissive there is a lot of that and there there's also a lot of it the other way too but oh, really so yes I- there's a lot going both ways, but I think it's because it is a huge fetish for guys to have a small submissive girl Mm -hmm. or something like that to, like, do whatever their master pleases type thing. Like, that kind of thing where... Because it's also, like, how some guys like dominatrix. Yeah. Some guys like like to be submissive. Right. And some guys like to be on top. It's really up to that. There's... Tons and tons of anything you can think of, like in hentai especially, that can't be done in normal porno. So, but you would say you're not a fan of hentai? I've seen some. I'm not the biggest fan. Well, everybody's seen some, but would you consider yourself a fan? Well, not particularly. Okay. Like, there might be something that I'd be interested in, but like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, I want to watch this. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Now, what about a porno, porno comic books? Like, because me, myself, when I, I um, years ago, kind of like lucked into porno comics. Um, I was looking at this comic book um, called Megaton Man, which was drawn by this artist, um, Don Simpson. And I thought it looked really cool. And sitting right next to him was another book that I could tell by the artwork was by Don Simpson. So I picked it up, I took it home, and lo and behold, it was about a point, it was about a cop who was a whore. So and I was sitting there reading it in my kitchen. And I was like, I can't read this in the kitchen. This is not this, this is not proper proper eating reading material while I'm eating my bowl of Captain Crunch. So um, yeah, that was uh, that 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 was my introduction to it, and it was. With that, that I knew, like, uh, ew, this is crazy. Now, I've seen other porn since then, other porno comics mm-hmm. since then. And some of them are interesting, some of them are not. But at the end of the day, I, I find myself like, 
why am I buying a comic book when I've got a more, I wouldn't, you know, do the real thing, or I've got a movie showing me the live action. A computer. <laughs> well, yeah. I have well, a computer now, well, now you got a computer. Like, why would whatever. you buy anything? But, um, I mean, it's, a lot of people, I want to assume everyone has their different fetishes, their different, like, yeah. wants and everything, and some people just like the way something is drawn, like how you're drawn to different artists and their styles and everything. And I feel like some people just really love the drawing styles of like a female body, a male body, like mm-hmm. the physiques and stuff like that. And I think that's probably how everything got started was like, oh, hey, like take for instance, like um, Zombie Tramp. Yeah. It's not exactly a sexual, sexual right. book, but boobs naked zombie lady mm-hmm. just everywhere showing off whatever it don't matter and they have like different covers and like you know censored uncensored all that fun jazz but like it goes from anywhere from that to I like anime and hentai and all that other stuff it just goes to that point of why not <laughs> just yeah. just and people like it I mean I, I'll sit there and I'll look through for instance what is this one called again? Small, Small favors. favors. I when we got that in, I saw like the subtitle. I started cracking up and was like, "JD, do you realize that this is a porn collection?" And then we flipped through it and we were having a good time laughing about it. And it's like one of those things where like I get enjoyment out of it by laughing because I'm like, "This is this is crazy. This is ridiculous." I like I don't think that. But then other people will get enjoyment out of it for the titillation of it. Yeah, and I mean, hey. If that's what the artist and author want to write, go for it. So now you've worked in a comic book store. I've never worked mm-hmm. in a comic book store. And I've always wondered, like, how do the pornographic comic books sell? They're very iffy. Depending on which, like, the comic book store in general. Like how JD had earlier said they, uh, his old, when he worked as a teenager, his old comic book store had the comics time. behind them. Some... Don't order any at all, and if you special order them in, they'll special order it for you to get it in. That's what, um, I've had, like, Zombie Tramp has been on our shelves before, and a few people will get it. We usually, if it's not censored already, put a little, like, pasty post-it note or something on top of it to be like, adult, please don't look. You gotta put a pasty on a comic. Yeah, just, nope. (laughs) (laughs) But something to that, like, extent... And then some stores just have giant sections that just say, like, adult comics on it. Yeah, yeah. And it really depends. The old comic book store that I used to work in, we had quite a few uh, gentlemen and ladies that would buy very mature mm. books to wear. When I would open up those boxes of all of our comics for, like, the new week, I'd be like, oh, hello there. Wow. There is, there is a man... Doing stuff to a lady right on the front cover. Just all out there. And I'm like, okay. And then, I mean, hey, it's each his own. Well, I do have to say that um, I've owned a few uh, pornographic comics. Um, And each time I bought them, it was honestly for the art and the story first. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I can't, I, I don't know, I like porn that's a little bit but so cartoony it's 
It doesn't have to be lifelike. It doesn't have to be Alex Ross. Yeah. But, like, I, I, it's got to be, like, you know, reasonably, a reasonable facsimile. Not ridiculously cartoony to where it looks like a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I I used to buy, uh, I bought a Click by Milo, Milo's Manara. Okay. Which was a very, very, very good comic, actually. It was, really, <laughs> it, was dope. it was actually as much, like, sex was in it. It was kind of like very, like very, it was, it was purposefully titillated. Okay. It wasn't like, you know, hardcore, like, you know, like, get that down your throat, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, it was very, it was, it wasn't softcore, but it wasn't hardcore either. Okay. All. And then there were these series of fantasy books. Um, I, I, I'm going to blank on the artist's name, but the character was this, uh, Named Druna, D R U U N A, and she was like this very ethnic-looking, buxom woman who would be in these far-off, crazy space adventures that inevitably would have something to do with her getting out of her clothes and just getting it on with like about every male who's appeared in the comic. I found it rather. I, I I did enjoy that, uh, I, but it's those were probably the only two that I have ever looked at and it's like felt like they're worth owning. Well, that's also the story, like yeah. you were saying. I think that's also a really big thing because take into consideration of like real life porn, um, you got your I think maximum. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know for certain, but like an hour porno or whatever, and you'll get your bit of story in there. But a lot of people would read a pornographic comic because it has more of a story there. There's more backing to it. There's more background. There's yeah. more all of that where you can actually maybe even feel a connection for the characters. Right. And then when they get it on, you're like, damn straight. <laughs> Do you read porno? Have you read any pornographic comics? I've read, like, a few, like, the different ones. Of course, like, working in a comic book store and everything, and then seeing people order these things, you're like, what are you looking What is this? And right. then, so it's more of, like, that curiosity thing of being, like, what even is this? Let yeah. me see. And that's how I think, like, the first time, like, I actually looked at one, I was like, what, what is this? And, like, I was, like, very, like, thrown off, like, oh, oh, okay, I guess, sure. And a lot of it is... Very good story base usually. Like, if you can get a good story, I feel like even if it is just straight up someone banging every single page, different person, if it's like there's a story behind it, it makes it more enjoyable. Even it if does. it isn't, you're not just enjoying it for the porn itself. It's. I think. In, I think in that what you have maybe unlocked is the secret why pornographic comics are still a thing. And still sell because more and more in the world of porn, it is just about just sexing, 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 sexing. Whereas in the comics, it is a reliance on a story. Yeah. You know, with uh, some type of situation setting it up. Even if it's on just a very rudimentary level, you know. There's still something behind it instead of just being like, oh, hey, let's go on porn, blah, 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 blah website and. Get right just to the banging. And, like, some people just want that. And Red they tube. go right for that. Red tube's great. Yeah, there you go. Goes just right to the banging. And then yeah. other people really enjoy Like, I'd rather go for a story, personally, than just being like, 
okay, they're banging. That's cool. There's nothing for me in the beginning, but sure, whatever. There was no lead up. See, I'm like you. I, I wanted <laughs> some semblance of this. Some some yeah. build up. Yeah. Just something. You, show me that you're trying. Not just the build up of the man. Just build up. That we forgot to get to last week. We Why asked. Tolerance? The, wait, listen, <laughs> just because I forgot to turn on the microphones, look out, these, these levels are huge. This is fine. We're doing great. So, um, uh, we forgot to answer our own question from last week, which was Oh, yes. What, kind, what comic book would you use to introduce a 16 year old girl into our four colored world? Now, here. I got it. All right. So there's a lot of stuff going into this, right? I'm overthinking it. But some a kid comes into my shop with their parent or just by themselves. A little girl comes in and they want to start comic books. Mm-hmm. And I have this internal battle with myself because I go, well, maybe Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur would be good. Or, well, I mean, that's superheroes. Maybe she's not into superheroes. Maybe Lumberjanes because that's not superheroes. But like, She's a little girl, so, I mean, that's me making the assumption that because she's a girl, she wouldn't like superheroes, and that's why I'm giving her Lumberjanes. Like, my brain freaks out every time this happens, so I, I have a couple that I go to, uh, depending upon what they're into. My first question is, oh, well, what sort of stuff do you like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is fair. I and mean, then that's people, the way you, you find it out. And then I have to put in the caveat, well, I mean, because if you've never read comics before, they think I'm asking about what comics they like, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I just mean, like, in general... In life, what do you like? What do you like? like what movies, shows do you like yeah. to watch? What movies do you like to watch? And that helps me make an informed uh, recommendation. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I did find out when I first started just throwing things out into the ether at them, like, oh, I'm making assumptions about them because of A, B, and C. So um, I'm going to go with uh, – and also I wanted to say Riri Williams, mm-hmm. right, because she's a young black girl. Um, but the first issue of that involves, like, her best friend – being murdered in a drive-by shooting at a park. So, okay, that's not the best start for, like, a, maybe that age group. 16? You got to remember, 16 is not... Oh, 16, I'm thinking 13. Yeah, 16 is not 13. <laughs> I'm that's thinking 13. Oh, well, 16, I would do Riri Williams as Iron Man because they know Iron Man because of the movies. Uh, most, most of them most yeah. of, have an know, idea. My assumption is. Um, but then it's a version of that, that that gives them a leg in. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. I would say Miss Marvel mm-hmm. because her storyline from the get like Gecko has been just amazing. She's super cute. Mm-hmm. She's she's younger than sixteen, right? Is she? Is she I think she's about that. She's like around 15, 16. You know, like that teenage years and everything. Yeah. So like it's a good relatable story. She's going through a lot of like troubled times and everything in mm-hmm. between, which is very relatable. And I feel like a lot of people love stuff that they can relate to. And then along with that, I would also say. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, my God. I love Miles Always Morales. He's been one of my favorite little guys. Adorable. He goes through so much. Even like even though his startup is very traumatizing with mm-hmm. Peter and all of that other stuff. Just such a great storyline. And then that way I'm not... Because I do the same thing where I ask them, what genre do you like? What do you like? Like, what are you into? And that way you can tell. Because 
I don't want anyone to be like, oh, you're just giving me a girl character because I'm a girl. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one of that's the one hardest of things. things like dealing with because it's like, no, I'm just trying to, you know, it's a really good book. So like then there'd be Miles and yep. boy and girl and they're both adorable and then Champions even. Oh, I love Champions. That's another not? one I would give. Yeah. When I was 16, I looked up one day going into the comic book store and thinking this book was drawn by an artist that I liked, and I found this comic book called Wendy Whitebread Undercover Slut. <laughs> I don't see why every 16-year-old girl doesn't have this in their bedroom. No. Um, <laughs> I think that the, uh, the, the, book that, uh, the book that I would suggest for a 16-year-old girl is Saga. What?! Because while Saga does have some, a little bit of naughtiness to it. It's got a dragon sucking its own dick. True. But that's nothing that you don't see when you walk into your um, house and your dog is sitting there licking at his own nuts. It's true. That's that's what they're playing off of. Okay. And while it does have some other naughty bits in it, I don't think it's anything that a 16-year-old girl has not seen. See, 16-year-old me agrees with you. But 39-year-old me has a very different take on what 16 is. So 39-year-old disagrees. My 16-year-old daughter's not reading Saga until she's 16 and a half. Okay. Fair enough. But I would have started reading Saga when I was 10. (laughs) I mean, I I agree with you. I think Saga would actually probably be... If... I wouldn't say maybe for their first comic, but definitely one of the ones I would recommend alongside others to be like, hey... of course, give them the warning that it is a bit mature and everything. Because some 16-year-olds don't act like 16, and they act more like 12. And yeah. then they'll be like, <laughs> boobies, and stuff like that. But growing up with my mom, who had my older brother at 16 and stuff like that, I'm like, yeah, yeah there's no problem with that. Let, let, me, let me ask real quick if this would change your mind. Uh, what would you give to a 16-year-old girl who comes in with her dad who's making the purchase? Dad, I would you tell, should also read this. <laughs> I would tell him about Saga. Okay, okay. I would tell him about Saga. Um, and, I mean, yeah, Saga is like, you know, like I said, it's got naughty bits in it. Yeah. But the reason why I would recommend Saga is because, and for their first comic book, is because it's it's you're entering into the story, so you don't have to worry about backstory. It's told in such a, while there are layers to it, it's very... On its surface, it's a very light story, mm-hmm. you know, with a nice little gateway through the viewer's point, vantage point of the child. So it's, or because it's told from that that viewpoint, I think that they could um, uh, enter into that world under safe arms. Mm. Um, it also has, would be a way of introducing them not only into the world of comics, but into the world of science fiction, which, mm-hmm. um, and into the world of just good storytelling and good art mm-hmm. married together. So giving them a lesson in what, you know, some of the best of the of the uh, industry has to offer right off the bat. And, th- and I think it's a book that if they do like it, as they get older and go back and reread it, they'll discover more and more mm. from it. Nice. All right, so uh, I'm going to have two questions this week while Len's thinking of the second one. The first question is, uh, hey, dads out there, would you let your your 16-year-old daughter read Saga? (laughs) Why or why not? I'm just curious. Uh, Because as as a salesperson, as someone who runs this shop, I'd be a little hesitant to give 
Like, oh, if a dad comes in, I need something for my 16-year-old daughter, I'd be hesitant to, help, to hand him Saga. Um, so I'm just curious about some response on that. Uh, Len, you got a question? Some homework? Yes, I do have some homework. For, for the listeners. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, for the, for the listener, then, I, I have some homework for you. If you had taken out Oliver Queen from Arrow on the CW and you put in instead Clive Barton, Hawkeye. Clint Barton. Clint Clint Barton, excuse me. In what way would the show be better or in what way would the show be worse? Okay. So basically have a Hawkeye movie or TV show Yeah. Mm -hmm. instead of, I would like that. Oh, this is a good question. Yeah. Now, now mind you, in, in, in my world, basically the same things are happening, but it's not Oliver. Right. It's Hawkeye. Okay. All right. Well, you can email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. Or you can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. I got a funny feeling we got a bunch of hate mail now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell people, you want to tell your daughter to read. Yeah. Look, I took my four-year-old to see Blade Two. So my mom, when I was underage, took me to go see that um, Sharon Stone movie, Basic, Basic Instincts. Instinct. <laughs> yep. What? Yep. Took me to see some Basic Instincts, some BI. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week, Lexi. <laughs> hey. hey, does Lexi is Lexi a triple? No, she is not a triple. No. You are not a triple, Lexi. Would you like to become one with the triple nation? I would love to. Okay, well then, to do that, you must first adorn yourself with a triple designation that indicates where your geek lies. Like, I'm that triple. I'm, I'm triple 2099. Uh, Tim from the Comic Zen is the... Is he 616 triple? Yeah, he's triple 616. Randy from Comics and More and Uncanny mm-hmm. is super triple because he's a Superman super- head. Oh, yes, he is. Big he's time. actually from Amalgam, but all right. Well, now he's yeah. Well, I was thinking of where she would know. Yeah. Sadly, Scarlet Spider Tribble was already taken. Otherwise, that was my first. Yeah, so it was Parker Tribble. Yeah, all the Spidey Tribble things. It's sex Criminal Tribble. Sex <laughs> Criminal Tribble. Whoa. There is no Sex Criminal Tribble. <laughs> is, is that one? <laughs> Hentai Tribble. Hentai Tribble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was right on. So, okay. What do you got? Um... Let's see. Let's see. So is, is, is sex that big a part of your world? No. Actually, no, <laughs> not at all, actually. But uh, I love the book Sex Criminals. So you want to be Sex Criminals Tribble? I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Uh, love of the Clash. Clash is also really good. Is there a Wally Tribble? Is there a Wally Tribble? I don't believe there's a Wally Tribble. Damn it, I would have gone with Wally nah, Tribble. Shit. I'm Wally Tribble. Nah. Tribble. That's it. <laughs> well, it's not done, Missy. All right, what's up? Because you... <laughs> <laughs> she just got sassy. Her sass just jumped three points. Mm, she's sassy, criminal Tribble. Um, you must first take the Tribble Oath of Allegiance. Okay. So, you must get closer. Raise your right hand to Stan Lee and your left to DC and repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll to the way I coo. 
from the way I roll to the way I coo. So shall it be said, so shall it be done. Lexi is now and forevermore Wally Tribble. Yay! I'm, a little, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't think of Wally Tribble. <laughs> Thank you again so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Dun, dun!